Hi, everyone, and welcome to College Football Landscape, the college football podcast that's part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. To find out more about the network, please visit totalsports247.podbean.com. They're my podcast provider, and there you can find all archived episodes of all the podcasts across the network. You can follow us on X as well at Total Sports underscore 247. We're pretty active on that platform, not just with our own recommendations, but recommendations we like from betting experts across the platform. So you'll see those recommendations coming out regularly. And then lastly, we have a Substack to which you can subscribe. It's weekendweekout.substack.com. It highlights the week that was and previews the week to come across the sports landscape. Depending on what's going on within the week, we will cover different topics, and that is a subscription-based newsletter. So please check that out at weekendweekout.substack.com for more information, and please consider subscribing. Thanks so much. We're continuing our bowl previews here on College Football Landscape. This is the second preview in the series. You can go to totalsports247.podbean.com to find our first preview. That was the Myrtle Beach Bowl between Ohio and Georgia Southern. Today, we'll be discussing the New Orleans Bowl between Louisiana and Jacksonville State. This game is in New Orleans in the Superdome and it pits Louisiana who was 6 and 6 against Jacksonville State who was 8 and 4. This game is on Saturday, December 16th at 2:15 on ESPN and is the second in the FBS Bowl series, uh, the first one being that Myrtle Beach Bowl. So we're going to break down these teams and we'll talk about what plays we like in this game and make our recommendations at the end. To start, I want to highlight again, uh, I I highlighted this in the first uh, bowl preview and I'm going to keep reiterating this throughout the bowl series. The account of Matt Jaguski on X, it's Matt underscore G-A-J-E-W-S-K-I. He is with Stochastic.com, and he is doing yeoman's work in tracking transfer portal news that will help you make informed recommendations for bets during this bowl season. The good thing is, for this bowl game, we only have one significant opt-out, and we'll get to that. It's on the Louisiana side when we discuss the Ragin' Cajuns. But for now, we're going to start with the uh, Jacksonville State Gamecocks, and we'll discuss their uh, offense and their defense, and then we'll move into Louisiana and then make the bet recommendations. We're going to use DraftKings, per usual, uh, for our betting lines. The line has moved somewhat. Uh, Jacksonville right now, or Jacksonville State more specifically, is favored minus three at minus 112. The total has moved up to 60. So for context, when this game initially opened, Jacksonville State was a one and a half point underdog and the line has moved to their favor minus three. The total was 56 and a half. At least that's what I saw. And it is now moved 
to 60. And that 60 total is minus 108 to the over. Jacksonville on the money line is minus 148. Louisiana on the money line is plus 124. So that's going to set the the stage betting-wise for this conversation. So let's start with Jacksonville State. Who are they and what are they all about? Well, they're coached by Rich Rodriguez. And this is, you may recall, their first year in FBS. And they initially were not eligible for bowl uh, postseason play because of it being their first year in the FBS, uh, uh, in, in FBS. However, there were not enough bowl eligible teams to fill all bowl available slots. So they, along with James Madison, received bowl berths and a sub 500 team, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, also received a bowl berth. So because there were not enough teams who qualified for bowl eligibility across FBS, that allowed opportunities for those three schools more specifically, really, James Madison and Jacksonville State, to get into uh, bowls. So you have to think this Gamecock team is very excited just to be in this position because at the beginning of the year, it wouldn't have been a goal that they would have set for their team because it literally wasn't possible. So let's look at this team. Jacksonville State loves to run the ball. They have the third-ranked rushing offense in FBS, averaging over 232 yards per game. And they do have a great running back in Malik Jackson, who scored seven touchdowns on the year and ran for 860 yards. But it really starts with uh, their quarterback, their uh, dual threat quarterback as well, Zion Webb. And the thing about Webb is he is great on the ground, right? But he really is not a good passer. So this offense is fairly one-dimensional. I mean, Webb will throw when he has to, but that is not his game. He completed 50% of his passes on the year with five touchdowns and six interceptions. But he was second on the team in rushing 638 yards behind Jackson's 860. As I said, they do their damage on the ground. They had 32 rushing touchdowns on the year. And when you look at their passing offense, they had just 11 touchdowns through the air. So they they have a, a, a versatile backfield where they will use a lot of different weapons. Anwar Lewis, who was hurt for the first few games of the season, has... I wouldn't say he's necessarily emerged, but he's definitely a key part of the rushing attack in the backfield. They get carries to Ron Wiggins as well. So you'll see lots of different formations to get different running backs the ball. And they want to put Zion Webb in positions to succeed in the run game as well. If they are forced, say, into third and long or other passing situations... Their number one target receiving is Perry Carter, who had over 600 yards on the season. Uh, Tight end Sean Brown is also a valuable component of the offense. He scored five of the team's 11 touchdowns through the air. So the Jacksonville State team, they, again, they want to run the ball. They have uh, shown um, an ability to get some good yardage on first down to where they are, uh, uh, where they want to be. 
moving forward in drives where they're not putting themselves in obvious passing situations where they will likely be unsuccessful. So that is the Jacksonville State offense. When you look at their defense, they are pretty good at stopping the run as well, which will be interesting uh, matchup-wise against this Louisiana team. When we look at their defense, their rushing yards allowed per game ranked 24th in all of FBS, and their passing yardage was 115th. So clearly a strength of the defense is their ability to stop the run. And like I said, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, match up with Louisiana in terms of what Louisiana wants to do on offense because Louisiana is much more balanced than Jacksonville State is on the offensive side of the ball. When you look at this defense, though, the secondary, they did have 16 interceptions as a unit, but I'm always leery of those volume-type numbers when you see so many tackles and so many interceptions, so many pass breakups, things like that. Part of the reason you see that is because teams throw on them a lot, right? That's not to say that this secondary isn't good, but there's a reason they have so many interceptions. It's because their run defense is very good, and the way the teams find success against the Gamecocks is through the air. Their rushing defense, to put a little bit more uh, context around it, when they played their fellow Gamecock, South Carolina, they they only allowed 89 y- rushing yards on 38 carries to that South Carolina team. Now, South Carolina, they were not great at running the ball kind of overall, but they were the most talented team that Jacksonville State played all year, and that's what they were able to do to shut down that ground game. Jacksonville State also only allowed 20.3 points per game defensively. So they while you can rack up some yards against them, they were uh, very good at limiting points when teams got into a scoring position. Their 2.8 yards per rushing attempt ranked sixth in FBS. So that's where we stand with Jacksonville State. Again, no significant transfers on either side of the ball for Jacksonville State. Actually, when looking at Matt Jaguski's spreadsheet, Jacksonville State wasn't even on there. So That, to me, signals that this team really wants to play in this bowl game. Everybody is sort of bought in, and they're um, excited for the opportunity that, again, didn't think they would have at the beginning of the season. When you look at Louisiana Lafayette, they had, I would call it a somewhat disappointing season. They did have to contend with injuries especially at the quarterback position. So Ben Wooldridge was their first quarterback. He went down. They went to their second quarterback, Zion or Zion. Z-E-O-N is his first name. It actually might be Zion. Zion Chris, who was playing quite well and was a dual threat quarterback himself, but then he broke his leg. And when you look at his stats, He had accumulated 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns through the air, and he ran for almost 506 on the ground. So he was a a dual-threat quarterback who was successful both through the air and on the ground. They had to turn to their third-string quarterback, Chandler Fields, who is much more limited in his skill set, but he is very much likely a better passer than Zion or Zion Chris. So Fields is more of your traditional 
pocket passer. He's a little bit small. Uh, he's 5'10", 195. But when you look at the games that he started, he was uh, pressed into duty uh, in the uh, fourth to last game and then uh, played uh, in the final three. So he was pressed into duty against Arkansas State. So when you look at his three games that he started versus Southern Miss, Troy, and Louisiana Monroe, First off, they went one and two in those games. And I mean, they should have beaten Southern Miss. They are a better team than Southern Miss is. But it wasn't because of the performance of their quarterback. So when you look at his stats here, 260 yards and two scores versus Southern Miss for Chandler. Uh, 282 yards and three scores for uh, fields in the game against Troy with just one interception and then 246 yards and two touchdowns against ULM. So uh, passing the ball quite frequently, 38 attempts against Southern Miss, 39 against Troy, didn't really have to do much against ULM. ULM's a pretty terrible team. He was 18 for 20 in that game, actually. Um, so definitely his best game out of the three. So it'll be interesting to see how Louisiana will run their offense because they were balanced prior to Fields going into this game. So passing yards per game, 68th, rushing yards per game, 27th on the season. But their identity is different now with Fields at quarterback versus Chris. So what does that mean for their rushing attack? I think it means that they will rely on a more traditional running game with Jacob Kibode leading that backfield. He went for over 700 yards and seven touchdowns on the year. We may see some carries from Draylen Washington as well, who accumulated over 400 yards on the ground with a couple scores. He only played one. Uh, he only got the ball once, though, against Troy. So I'm not sure if there's a, an injury that we need to be concerned with there. I'm just going to look quickly and see if I can see any news on uh, Draylen Washington to see if he is playing or if that was um, a, a conscious uh, decision to sit him out. But either way, my guess is that they will be more focused on um, passing the ball because of the way that Jacksonville State uh, runs um, or uh, plays run defense. So it does look like that uh, Draylen Washington was not dressed for the game against the 25th. So we'll try and keep an eye on him. And once we post this episode, if we have any news that we can find on, on Draylen Washington, we will post it and update you. He had a good game against Southern Miss, 82 yards and a touchdown uh, on that game on November 9th. So he'll be someone to... Um, look out for and see if he is a part of this offense or if they're going to have to rely exclusively on uh, Kibode in this one. In the receiving core, they spread it out. They had six players on their offense with at least 23 receptions during the season. So it'll be interesting. Like Jacksonville State on the defensive side of things, like I said, they, they did have 16 interceptions, but Fields only threw one in his three starts. And it'll be interesting to see who they key in on for this offense because they really don't have a go-to receiver because of the way they spread it out. So when you look at their top receiver, 
Jacob Bernard. He had 37 catches on the year. They had three others with 29, another with 25, and another with 23. So extremely balanced. They had 24 touchdowns on the ground and 23 through the air. So very uh, dissimilar to what we see with Jacksonville State, who is much more one-dimensional on offense. On the defensive side of the ball for Louisiana, this is where the transfer comes into play. And this is a pretty important uh, loss on the Raging Cajun side of things. Kendra Gant, he was their fourth leading tackler. And I believe he had the maybe the most tackles for loss on the team. He is transferring. He entered the transfer portal. He's actually already committed to Houston. So that is a big loss for Louisiana on the defensive side of things. They already are 89th in the country in total rushing yards allowed. And remember, Jacksonville State's third at rushing the ball. They're better at defending the pass, 54th. So this is going to be strength on weakness, to be quite honest. Will Jacksonville State just be able to run the ball at will? Or will they be able to Uh, Will Louisiana be able to get some stops, force Jacksonville State to throw into the strength of Louisiana's defense? So that's going to be, I think, the storyline to watch uh, for um, Jacksonville State on offense and Louisiana State on defense. So let's get to some additional storylines. So first, again, will Jacksonville State be able to run at will against this defense? And can Louisiana force Jacksonville State into uncomfortable passing situations where you know, they're completing the ball at 50% uh, ratio and only 11 touchdowns uh, through the air on the season. Definitely the weakest part of the game overall for Jacksonville State. The flip side, will Louisiana be much more of an air attack in this game considering the weakness of Jacksonville State is their pass defense? They'll want to still probably have some balance because that was their identity throughout the year. But it was more their identity without uh, uh, Chandler um, Fields at the helm. So with him being more of a pocket passer, might see a little bit more of a traditional offense, which could play into how Jacksonville State defends. Meaning, I should say, that could be a good thing for the Ragin' Cajuns because Jacksonville State was one of the worst teams against the pass Uh, overall. So I think those are the two keys to watch for in this game. To summarize here again and to make the pick, right now the odds on DraftKings are Jacksonville State minus three at minus 112 with the total at 60 at minus 108. So we're going to stay away from the total because it's been going up so much 56 and a half to 60 and we know exactly what Jacksonville State's going to do offensively we're not clear on what Louisiana is going to do so for that reason we're going to stay away from the total but the play that we're going to go with here is Jacksonville State minus three this is actually one of our favorite plays in bowl season we think Jacksonville State could honestly run away with this one we understand that the game is in New Orleans I don't think that this game is going to be you know I don't think it's going to be you know 70,000 Raging Cajun fans there I just don't think that Jacksonville State wants this for their program identity this will help them with recruiting This will uh, help them with momentum going into next season. 
There are a whole host of reasons why Jacksonville State will want to win this game. Louisiana will want to win it because it's a bowl, and bowl wins always help the Sun Belt Conference. I just don't know that they have enough talent and enough uh, defensive pressure to stop what Jacksonville State wants to do on offense. Jacksonville State has an identity on offense, and they're going to do what it is that they do, and I don't know that Louisiana has the personnel to stop it. I feel like this could be a game where Jacksonville State controls clock. I feel like their uh, their liabilities in the secondary could get masked if they get enough pressure on fields. Again, he yes, he's had success, but he is a third-string quarterback. So we like Jacksonville State minus three. We think they could win this game by double digits fairly easily and kind of going away. So that's going to be our play for the New Orleans Bowl. Our official recommendation here on College Football Landscape is Jacksonville minus three. Stay tuned to the network for continuing coverage of all the bowl games and all bowl game previews. We have more games to cover that are on Saturday the 16th. The next bowl game that is uh, in the queue, so to speak, is Miami of Ohio, and they are playing Appalachian State, which is a very very intriguing matchup, and we'll have a preview on that coming up in the next day or so in your podcast feeds. You can subscribe to this podcast through Podbean, their platform, their app, or you can always get the episodes off our website, totalsports247.podbean.com. But you can also listen to us through most major podcast providers, and that includes Spotify, Apple Music, TuneIn, Amazon, and a whole host of others. So, that has uh, that that concludes this episode here of College Football Landscape. Thanks again for listening, and again, stay tuned for more previews uh, upcoming in your podcast feed for bowl season. This is Chris Hayes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.